Welcome back. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, a Stranger Things podcast. Ooh. One of the very last times until the next season yeah. <laughs> where it'll be a Stranger Things podcast. We are getting at least one more, right? I believe it is greenlit season four. It has okay. to. I mean, we got there's so many things to tie up. Yeah, that'd be a weird way to end the Fucking series. Ballsy though. That'd be a strange admit. way to end the things, dude. Oh. Mm. Oh. Three. <laughs> Two ear. We yeah, always do that. Three ear. <laughs> we have so many number puns left in this show. Keep tuning in. Um, if you're new to the show, you're probably going to be lost and not like it very much because we're very idiosyncratic. That's what I like to say. Yeah, very idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Numbers have dropped, but we get it. We dropped the ball on Stranger Things season three. We're ball droppers. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Thank you to all of our diehard fans. We're basically all the boys this season, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, edit point. Uh, <laughs> so, no, I'm just kidding. For real? Let it ride. Let it ride. So uh, I did want to say a few things. Thank you to all of our uh, diehard fans. And to, this is the finale of season three. We are going to do our typical recap episode sometime next week. Probably be dropping around Friday. That's the way we say it in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, Friday. Friday. <laughs> it's G- actually not. G- it is Friday. It's going to catch on like hotcakes. <laughs> Because uh, pancakes are super popular, and I imagine them. Anyway. Was that movie with Ice Cube? Uh, oh, there's a lot of them. Yeah. He's a, he's a prolific. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, how did I not see that? You should have said Chris Tucker. He would have been right on it. Not as many of those. Um, Rush Hour and Friday. That's it. That's the two options. Yeah, so what line is Playbook? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. Random. David or Russell. Um, so, yeah, we're very grateful. What we want to do is a quick little uh, contest, and you have to be Canadian to participate. Sorry about uh, all the other listeners. We want you to, you to be from a news channel. <laughs> CTV. Sorry about that one. You have to write into streamingthingspod at gmail.com and let us know where you're writing from. And you, you really don't. Is. You really can be from anywhere. It doesn't have to be yeah. in Canada. <laughs> no, no, yeah. This is all. This is this is worldwide. Uh, and let us know who your favorite member of Streaming Things is, <laughs> <laughs> and why. Uh, what, what was the way you put it, Steve? Who's your chocolate pudding yeah. of the show? Who is your chocolate pudding <laughs> of the show? Uh, we just want some listener feedback. Is so that really the contest? <laughs> right. <laughs> we're deciding. We're asking strangers to ask us which person, of, which one of the three of us. They like best. So one of us is going to be like, yeah, they love us. And the other one's going to be like, no one wrote about me. <laughs> That's the danger. Are we going to read the results out loud on the show later? Like, yes. no one liked Chris. Never <laughs> news. Chris quit the party. Yes. <laughs> This is such a bad idea. It's terrible. I love it. What else should we do? I love it. I'm every, down. Every time I'm like, let us know what show you're really into. It's fucking crickets. So let's just get real. Right. Well, we've never really put a gift card on the line. Maybe if we ask people what their favorite show is and then entice them with a, okay. with a gift card. What's your favorite porn site? <laughs> let, let us know. <laughs> just write us. <laughs> you write us an email. <laughs> We don't want to sound too desperate. The best email 
And you can say why you love me if that's what you want to do, or you can say what show you're what into. If, what if that's the contest where they write us? Where it's literally what you said, the best e- email, but it's they have to take us on a journey. It's got to be a story of like why they listen to us. Okay, and you know, w- you know what what uh, Stranger Things or streaming things means to them, and who's the chocolate pudding of the show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a joke, but seriously, do it. Um, that's a great idea, Steve. So take us on a jury. Uh, not a jury. That's <laughs> a jury duty. Y'all got jury duty. You've been summoned. I don't want to go to court. I just get a subpoena and they're like, give me the gift card. Damn it. You win, judge. <laughs> Local judge who's a fan, you win. You got me. Uh, take us on a journey. Let us know why you listen to the show, why you love it, and uh, how Stranger Things you know, touched your life, things like mm. that. And the winner, we will pick one. We'll get a $50 Amazon gift card because that is the the best way I found to quickly send someone 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, it's a good method. It's a super good method. Yeah. So don't forget to let us know where you're writing from and what your name is. That'll be fun. Fitty uh, bones. Could be yours. <laughs> Fitty. It's about that time. Um, <laughs> I realized that podcast was 350 feet tall. <laughs> the Paleolithic era. <laughs> no goddamn Loch Ness monster. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, uh, Please like and subscribe to the podcast. I don't know why that's funny. And uh, rate us on iTunes or Google Play, wherever you're finding us. Steve, I was looking up earlier. I don't mm. think we're on Spotify. Do you know what? how to rectify that? Because I don't. I thought that Spotify, I know it's relatively new podcasting to Spotify, that maybe it was just pooling from all popular RSS feeds, but that's apparently not oh, how you get shit. on Spotify because I couldn't find us. But. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll fix it. We're sorry, yeah. Spotify people, if you're joining us now, <laughs> that we are on it because yeah. uh, you're from now to be listening to this. Like, you totally are. Also, <laughs> happy 2020. <laughs> 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 President Sanders, am I right, boys? <laughs> Probably not. Don't say that. Probably not. We'll be, it'll be President fucking. We'll get a lot ben of different. <laughs> we'll get a lot of different kind of emails. We start down that road. Okay, so this is uh, chapter eight. Holy shit. We're there. I'm stalling because I didn't pull up the show description. <laughs> wow, what an episode. Am I right, boys? We're really phoning in this last episode. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm usually prepared. Remember that time you went downstairs three or four times to get your headphones and I mean, you kept coming upstairs without headphones? Old. <laughs> fuck, I just went down and peed. He comes up <laughs> but fuck, I took out the garbage. Check this out, though. The next time we record, after the next time, so after the recap of season three, we'll both have new homes. Mm. We'll be very well established. We might mm. even have a studio. You know what I'm saying? Word. And I'm excited because that's going to be much more structured and, and soundproofed and safe. But it's chapter eight, The Battle of Starcourt. And Netflix describes it thusly. Terror reigns in the food court when the mind flayer comes to collect. But down below, in the dark, the future of the world is at stake. Stakes are high. Oh, shit. Damn. Future of the world. That's a lot of stakes. Damn, Damn, I love tax collector, dude. What the fuck? (laughs) Steve, you're scaring me. Your notes look sparse. Uh, Well, because they're on my phone. Ah! All right. You got plenty of battery? I do, actually. Uh, I found a way uh, to sync an app to my phone where I can uh, have my computer keyboard and type on my computer keyboard and it goes to my phone. It pushes to your phone? Yeah. So I was just (laughs) sitting on the couch with a laptop just like typing stuff blindly like, oh, it looks cool. No. (laughs) 
That so, is a brilliant way to do it. I have a lot of spelling I'm a errors. Fast I'm, sure. I, I'm a solid 92 words per minute. <laughs> he just brings up the first time. It's completely like fucked up. I should have really <laughs> proofread this beforehand. Is this in Russian? <laughs> Speaking of Russian. Ooh. There's a lot of Russians in Hawkins, guys. And the gang is out to stop what the Russians have done. The gate is open. There are monsters coming for the kids. But we open up in the small town of Hawkins as Joyce, Murray, and Hopper drive frantically to the mall where they know the children are at. And they want to save them from the danger that lies uh, in front of them. Ahead. Yeah. (laughs) Would have been the obvious. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but they, but they've already been in danger uh, as bef- as before. Eleven had gotten some uh, wiggly blood put into <laughs> her bad. into her leg, and we cut to Eleven on the ground in the in the mall in pain as uh, Jonathan um, decides he's gonna. What warm- the fuck, Jonathan? Yeah, he war- <laughs> he he goes and grabs a knife. He just he, warms it, it up. It looks like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, last time we saw Max was the the nurse in charge, but she she's not doing dick. Yeah, in this, this, this kind of shit doesn't happen. She's on skateboarding. Like, I'm not Wiggly Bud certified, guys. I'm not. <laughs> That's not my skateboard he puts resume. He it over the open flame, butcher knife, and he's super concentrated. And I'm thinking, all right, Jaybird, show us what you got. And then he just stabs her leg and freaks out and shoves his hand in it. <laughs> yeah, he gets like those plastic gloves that you use to pick up hot dogs. <laughs> and he just fishes around in her open wound trying to get the Wiggly Bud blood. And it's like, man, like, get away from Jonathan, me. Jonathan, stop. And he's like, shut up. I'm trying to concentrate. And then, Seriously, stop. You're, you're that just, was your plan you're yanking out her, <laughs> you're yanking out her femur yeah. uh, if 11 finally is like bro you have got to not do that anymore I can fucking do it and she literally you know pulls this wiggly blood monster out of her leg with her goddamn mind and throws it across the mall but uh, it was a very intense cold open. I was actually uh, on the rewatch, super impressed because it ramps up immediately with the fast car, and then we get you know digging around in little girls' legs and stuff. <laughs> um, intense shit, intense shit. And um, Millie Bobby Brown did some phenomenal pain acting there, mm-hmm. and I it's some monumental self restraint if you think about it. She could have easily like pain angered, snapped the shit out of Jonathan's neck. Which would have been a cool twist. Right. <laughs> That's how she did goes. Yeah. I really like the um, the cinematography of it. There's like lots of shaky cam. There's like really high contrast saturation in the edit. Uh, like real body horror hostile kind of look oh, to yeah. it. Uh, and there's like pus coming out of her leg when they cut it and shit. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it's brutal. It's tough. Uh, my girlfriend looked away during that scene, I recall. Um, and she's pretty sensitive when it comes to that kind of shit. She hates horror movies, which is, uh, I'm aghast at that still. I don't know if it's going to work out. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I love her very much. Uh, but yeah, she looked away. So I, I don't know. That, I just think that that's different for Stranger Things, that kind of body horror. Andy's mentioned it before. Surgery on small children. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, she flings the the little uh, wiggly goo monster away. It, it, it looks tries... like a baby arm. Anybody else notice that when it first comes mm. out? It's like actually, I uh, I paused it because r- my wife Mother came now. out. <laughs> my wife came in the living room right as that scene was happening, so I paused it right when it was like getting ejected out of her her um, her leg. leg, and it looked it looked exactly like a xenomorph popping out of someone's stomach in that one frame frame because it was just like. The head and the mouth, yeah, like coming out of the body. Um, spoiler Easter egg. Uh, but it goes across the mall. It tries to escape, but nay, it gets smashed by none other 
than Jim Hopper's foot. Motherfucking James Hopper. Hopper, Joyce, and Murray have joined the party. Sorry for the low-hanging fruit, but he hopped on that shit. Oh, yes, he did, Andy. <laughs> Thank you for that. No, not low-hanging at all. You've been, Deep cut. You've been sitting on that all season. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, this leads to another one of our lovely scenes of everybody getting caught up Catch on, the, each on, other a, up. on exposition. Uh, Murray brings the plans that Alexi wrote for them into the uh, mall so everyone can kind of look over the lookout uh, or the layout of the, uh, the Russian base. Erica comes in hot on Murray saying that he's going to die if he goes down in uh, commie Disneyland and calls him Mr. Buttman. Uh, to which he responds, why is this child talking to me? <laughs> and she's like, I'll talk to whoever I want, motherfucker. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Something like that, I remember. Well, it makes sense that uh, specifically Dustin and Erica are kind of throwing shade at these adults. Like, you don't know, you don't know what's down there. We do. We can be your guides. We can be your navigators, but Hop, Hop's not comfortable with the idea of putting children in danger. I love that. He's just like, no, no. He just sit there, sits there and listens to the whole plan. He's like, yeah. absolutely fucking not. And there's no, come, you know what I mean? There's no way to come back. Like, there's the look, and it's for some reason, there is yeah. no objection to that. And you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's done. It's like super dad vibes. I thought it was like a really good idea, Hop. Damn. Dad vibes, the likes of which Ted could only dream of having. Mm. Oh, my God. Ted. Language. Language. He's just hanging out with Fred this I'm whole time. I'm out for season four, y'all. Ted, Ted's going to be the hero? Ted the hero. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to have the sacrificial death, heroic <laughs> redeeming death of the season. No one will care. Karen will be like, where's... Oh, yeah, he's dead. Yeah. Nancy and Mike, where's dad? Oh. Um, <laughs> actually, wasn't he with you? <laughs> Sweetie, sweetheart, your, your father's funeral's tonight. Who? Who? <laughs> Who's father? The guy, the guy <laughs> on the chair. Um, while this is going on, or right after that happens, the boys do some broing out, some much needed broing out. They get in together. They have a big group hug. They apologize for getting under each other's skin. I love this scene only because the whole time Eric is in the background, just making the wildest faces at them all, like <laughs> gross boys, <laughs> friends. Um, they come up with a plan. Um, that's going to separate everyone once again. Mm. The Scoops troop are given the keys to the Todd father because they need to get Dustin to Cerebro so that he can, he and Erica can use the uh, radio communication to guide uh, Hopper, Murray, and Joyce while they're in the base. So Steve and uh, Robin and the gang get into the Todd father and uh, Steve's her daddy now. That's what he says about the car. <laughs> if you don't know the show, that sentence was just fucking wild. The Scoops troop gets the keys to the Todd father so they can go to Cerebro. <laughs> I'm just sitting back like, fuck, this is dense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> these are my notes. Uh, Murray talks. Oh, geez. I should really read these before I start, like, diving right Welcome into Welcome to them. my world, boys. It's tough. Like, <laughs> shit, what did that shorthand mean? Uh, we get a couple clips where Murray's going over with Nancy and Jaber the keys to his um, his house, his, like, bunker, because that's the plan for them is to take Eleven up to that bunker so she can be safe. Um, Never makes Joyce, Joyce talks to Will about sticking with Jaybird and being safe. And then we have a nice little scene with Eleven and Hopper, uh, where Eleven is adamant that she can fight, she can be helpful, but Hopper needs her to be safe. He gives her a big old hop hug and tells Mike to be careful and to take care of 11 and one thing that i want to note is two well, two things erica called murray a bald bastard oh, yes. that's what i meant to say which uh, is awesome um and then when hop refuses to let them go erica in a huff says well he's gonna die they're gonna die 
which cool little foreshadowing sort of they're um, gonna die yeah mm-hmm. um nancy jonathan and the, and the kids get into the station wagon but it won't start uh, for whatever reason the car won't start even though it's brand new supposedly uh jonathan looks at the he opens the top and sees that the ignition cable is missing and that is when we realize that billy is on the other side of the parking lot <laughs> in the dark. He took the cord out and ran all the way back to his I car to wait. We're going to be so surprised. When it doesn't start. <laughs> He's just sitting there the whole time like, man, I really hope they're actually in there. Should I turn the radio on? No, I want to be standing there. No. I hear it. The headlights will come on too. Shit, just be, just be patient. Just be cool, just be cool, just be cool. That's when I realized that Jonathan knows how to work on cars, which took me for a loop. Anybody mm-hmm. else? Yeah, I was like, He's like, oh, the ignition cable's missing. I'm like, I totally know what that is. <laughs> I would have noticed that immediately. That, if, that cable. Yeah. That, that would have been like, yeah, <laughs> it, the oil needs changed. <laughs> <laughs> there was a really odd jump scare in the scene. Did you guys notice it where it cuts to Billy? It reveals Billy's on, you know, revving his engine, being menacing. And there's a shot of Lucas and I think Max in the uh, in the back seat and they're kind of looking at Billy but then there's like Nancy, yeah, Nancy just slams into the side and like yeah, car. <laughs> yeah. it's just like what calm down about? let's go uh, Joyce Murray and Hopper make their way through the Russian base they're in the elevator um there's a little bit of uh, some talk about the plan not being great, but Murray says, no, it's a solid B plan, given the time and circumstances that they're under. The elevator opens up, but there's Russians there. They're just waiting for them. They're never going to know we're here. That was dope. He says, yeah, if everything goes according to plan, they'll never know we're here. And it opens up. and Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Murray tries to talk them down, but uh, Hopper just <laughs> goes ham on all of them. Just he grabs a gun and just guns them shoots down. them all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty intense. Yeah. What'd you think about Hopper just you know, maining up? And I think there's some moral issues with it that a lot of fans might have. I don't have any problems with it whatsoever. I thought it was awesome. It was a cool little twist. And, they're, you know, it's a little, what's the word, uh, nationalistic or uh, ethnocentric. They yeah. Were, yeah, they're fucking Russians. Who cares? But, I mean, that's a product of those, those times in the movies. Um, but I thought it was awesome. Subversion of expectations and... We hadn't seen Hopper kick a whole lot of ass this season, right? He got his ass kicked a couple times, and he's trying to been, been trying to play dad. So he's, he's in a role these last two episodes. Yes, mm-hmm. he's back. He's back. Maybe he's a little bit of a murderer, and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know when you kill one, I'm more bothered by the lack of damage the spray of bullets does to those uniforms that they later wear mm-hmm. than yeah. anything else morally. Cause well, he's got like tiny red spots in it instead of like yeah. giant red splotches <laughs> and huge holes. And then there's that scene where they talk to a guard and even yeah. though Hopper has like three holes in the front of his uniform, that guard doesn't like, Hey, what's that about? <laughs> Say goodbye to the sunlight. Yeah. By the way, you're bleeding a little bit. So <laughs> maybe stop by infirmary. <laughs> You're, you're here, you're brand new and all red that you got three bullets? Boy, <laughs> you are real Russian. Uh, cut to, there's the, the, all these vests. <laughs> yeah, they all have Russian bulletproof vests. Yeah, this, this, uh, this part of the episode is just bouncing all over the place, so I apologize for <coughs> jumping everywhere. But uh, we cut to the Scoop Troop traveling to Cerebro. There's a brief um, discussion of, of whether Susie exists or not. Mm. And Dustin is uh, very upset that uh, Steve hesitates in defending him that Susie is real. While they're in the Todd Father. Um, they make a hard left to go up the hill, and the Todd Father gives out, and then they have to take the rest of the journey on foot. 
I have the best notes here. I just want to show off. It says the Todd father has limitations. So does 11. Cause then it cuts from this scene to her not being able to use her powers anymore. Oh, yeah. Um, and she can't lift the car off the counter that they need to get the other mm-hmm. cable out. So, and that's something that Robin says, even the Todd father has limitations cause it wouldn't go up the hill. Anyway, I thought it was clever going. Well, yeah, like you said, we cut back to the mall. Um, the Griswold family, as this group is called, uh, 11, uh-huh. Mike, Lucas, Will. So we have Nancy the three groups, CB codes, uh, Scoop Stroop, Scoop Stroop Griswold, Griswold family, family, and Bald Eagle. Yes. Although uh, technically I think Bald Eagle is just Murray, but for the sake of this, we can call that group Bald Eagle. Group. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we cut back to the Griswold family. Mike is trying to contact the Scoop Stroop for rescue because they have the working car. While uh, everyone else tries to attempt to flip the model car over that... Um, 11 originally threw at the Russians so that they can get that ignition cable out of that car and replace the station wagon one. So hopefully they can get away that way if need be. Uh, but as they're doing this, um, 11 thinks she can flip the car, but she can't. Mm-hmm. Her powers are seemingly and gone. At, at this point, she has a little bit of power, like the metal creaks, you know, but then in the very next scene, I just thought it was interesting. The complete decline of her ability. It went from kind of just needs to recharge to, um, she can't even crush the Coke can anymore. Right. Which is a good all the way back to season one illusion. But, and I, I want to, I know I'm jumping ahead, but I don't want to forget. What do you all think about the reason or the cause of her lack of power? Because obviously it's some kind of amorphous, you know, the thing that was inside her sapped her energy in some way, but she was able to use her powers to remove it. And maybe that'll be the subject of season four a little bit, but I don't know. What do you guys think? Or did you not think much about it at all? I mean, new Coke, new can, right? That's, that yeah, thing's that's just that fine. Indestructible. <laughs> she never had powers. It was <laughs> the lack of integrity of the original Coke can. Um, I mean, it makes sense to me that she was able to use her powers to take that thing out because uh, it was still in her at that point. You know what I mean? So it hadn't totally sapped her. Um, and when she is um, trying to pull the truck down she still has some power because like in in like the i always watch the show with the captions on um it says like metal creaking and stuff like it's, yeah, so it's I said, trying you can to hear move. it creak and uh well i'm deaf so <laughs> <laughs> um so for it to reading stranger things this whole time <laughs> so for it to uh progress to not even be able to crush the can that that's a little weird she should at least be able to pop the tap but I, I don't know. I, 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 I like the uh, the idea of disarming her right before the most climactic moment. Uh, the pace of it is a little odd, but whatever. You know what I mean? Like it it works. It is very interesting that we don't have our, our you know, our MVP is completely castrated. Right. Mm-hmm. But and it's also going to be awesome. Where in spoilers for my predictions, episode four of season four she regains her powers right that's going to be a great moment Mm -hmm. um after she gets her ass kicked by normal humans a couple times of course i'm sure it's going to happen you know the new high school bully all those orderlies that she broke the necks of in season one have their family get their come up (laughs) and um but yeah so anyway i just wanted to see what you guys thought because there's not much fanfare about it all the other cast members are just like oh you'll be you'll be fine but it's not the first time we've seen her drained um, yeah, but it's the first time know. we've seen her completely unable to move a teddy bear. Yeah. You know, she's yeah. either unconscious or super powerful up to this point. 
but she's completely healthy and normal, but unable to even move that teddy bear. Mm. Anyway, I don't want to take too long. I just thought it was a huge thing that both fans and cast and a fellow characters don't remark on very much. It is weird. I think it's one of those things where me personally, I'm I'm willing to wait to see what they do with it in season four before I render a judgment on like how I completely feel about it. But mm. I'm, but I totally I, I think it is odd that her removing it removes her powers where she still has it while it's in her. Right. That the is an of, odd. Um, that is an odd uh, thing. The lack of fanfare is interesting. Like, although I'm not sure if I would have, I probably would have liked it less if it was like zoom in warp face slow-mo when she comes to realization. Oh my God, there's nothing I can do. Dolly yeah, zoom. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Like it, pacing wise, it would have been goofy to, to make too much of it because we know what that means. You know what I mean? They don't have to remind you what a big deal it is. I also love that she dug through the trash and I'm, again, I'm ruining Steve's play by play, but no, you're making it better to find <laughs> the Coke can rather than just looking at almost Every, anything near her to try the same thing. Everyone's trying to like move the car with those <laughs> metal stanchions and Mike's like, what the fuck is she doing over there in the trash? It would have been hilarious if she started chugging it. I actually, my first thought was like, she was looking for food to yeah, eat. Me too. Like, I need energy. Yeah, yeah for sure. I go. She's <laughs> fucking digging around the dumpster. Where's that throwback to season one? Damn it. It's gotta be an Annie Ann's pretzel or something in here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can you imagine 11 on an Annie Ann's pretzel? Oh, my superpowers. Whoa. <laughs> um, we cut to the scene we mentioned earlier with the guard, uh, but Murray, who Murray thinks is a, is a nice guard. He's a nice guard. Mm. Uh, Murray gets into the vent, cut back to uh, the kids trying to lift the car. They can't do it initially, but they get those metal stanchions. They overturn the car with science. Physics, <laughs> as Mike says. Which I think is like the only reference to him being like, hey, yeah, he was actually supposed to be like a really smart, nerdy kid. Yeah, he's yeah. All, Mike is also a nerd. Yeah. 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 He's been just a miserable cunt the last two seasons right. <laughs> uh, but he knows you know 101 physics <laughs> I know what a fulcrum is I am also smart <laughs> I know that if you apply le leverage you can lift something easier much like a crowbar Mike sit the fuck down yeah uh, you know Jaybird knows about crowbars come on mm -hmm. let's be honest uh, they flip the car over but their celebration is short lived because we get a will tingle the mind flare has arrived. Stands on the glass roof that doesn't break for a weirdly long time. <laughs> they don't make them like they used to. Yeah. <laughs> it was 80s glass. It was, it was thick. <laughs> we were in a cold war. We were in a cold war. We had to prove to those Russians we had the best glass. <laughs> That's true. Uh, T2 or T1 or whatever we're calling him, the Russian guy, arrives with some backup. He sees the uh, the carnage that Hopper did to the guards beforehand, and he alerts the rest of the... He's nonplussed. He's like, the Americans. Americans. Hopper and Joyce begin to argue while they wait for Murray, um, but then... The, well, Hopper tries to initiate an argument, but it doesn't really go anywhere. Joyce is kind of like, yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. Uh, to which Hopper's kind of like, you know, despite all of our arguing, make a pretty good team, Detective Byers. Hmm. Uh, actually, I think she's the one that implies that she should be a detective. Right. She's yeah, like, and then we get this horror movie trope where they make the mistake of planning a wonderful sounding short term future. Mm-hmm. Right before the climactic battle. <laughs> and we all know in any movie, when you do that, that's never going to happen, right. unfortunately. The one thing I did 
because you know they they make a plan to go to Enzo's and they're kind of working out the deets on how their date's going to go down. The one thing I noticed about this that I really loved it was a small little touch. But she's like, "Hey, you want to go to Enzo's at uh, at eight or something like that?" And Hopper goes, "Oh, Eleven likes to watch Miami Vice at ten, so I can't be out that late." He's putting his daughter before. Mm. Before his date, I thought that was really, really There's sweet. There's a ton of tiny little things um, they do so well. I was notice, noticing in this episode, specifically the sequence right after that, um, with the mind flayer charging around, prowling around, I should say, the mall looking for all the kids. Um, he takes a stomping step and sucks the little wiggly blood back into his leg that was inside Eleven. Like, you know, I mean, the entire audience had forgotten about that little piece that Hop stepped on. They didn't have to do that. Mm -hmm. But they they shot and CG'd the thing to reconnect itself to that tiny piece. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the mannequin that wears the same clothing as Eleven. uh, There's another tiny detail that Andy, I thought, would appreciate. Uh, They just do little visually explanatory things that are just really subtle and awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I very much appreciate except some one of it was too much. Like when the hand, like the tentacles would like creep or to the corner yeah. and then like snap like a dog around it. Like, <laughs> like I that was weird silly. that the tentacles would be like slowly moving like that. Like what are they doing? Yeah, why wouldn't it just quickly seek through the room? Yeah. yeah. But I appreciate the tension. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a good scene. Uh, we cut to Murray in very huge vents. Did you guys realize like how big Russia makes their goddamn vents? Yeah. A full-grown man could just squat in <laughs> the them. The very and have same room. vents that were too small for anyone. Yeah, but Erica to get in origin initially. That's a really good point. Or maybe it's just that one entrance. Yeah. Well, that was the vents of the mall. Maybe the Russian base vents are much larger for some reason. It's Cold War. They oh. have such strong glass. We have to do something. How about make very large vent? <laughs> we have to make small vent in the in the in where Americans are because they're stupid <laughs> with your tiny vents. <laughs> Exactly. I just love the idea of just the pettiness of how they built the mall. Yeah, that actually works out great. Um, They will know this big, powerful vent and want to explore. (laughs) You could fit like ten people at once in one space. One could go on American vent, little black girl. (laughs) That'll never happen. It's America. (laughs) But yeah, Murray's in the giant vents and... uh, Eric and Dustin are trying to, you know, relay to him where he needs to go. But it is at that moment that they notice that something's going on on the mall. I think they realize that the Mind Flayer is on top of the mall. So Dustin desperately tries to warn the Griswold family. But the Mind Flayer is already there. He's a little too Mm. late. It's a little too late on the gun there, Dustin. Mm. Uh, The Mind Flayer is stalking the game. What was the point of that? Neither parties, the Bald Eagle nor... Hop and Joyce. God damn it, they didn't get a, they didn't get a sign. How do I talk to them? Uh, neither of them can leave Empty their mission. chariot and wheelbarrow, bro. So what is the point of notifying them of trouble? Do you know what I'm saying? Well, I think... Um, Just to worry them. <laughs> it is strange that uh, Dustin knows that the Griswold family is in the mall still because they're supposed to be gone. Right. At that point, according to their original plan. Well, he doesn't. He just knows that they're not responding, right? Right. But he hears... A but little bit they, of mind flare action. Well, they, they they can see the mall from the hill, and they can see there's right. something crazy going on at the mall. 
I mean, if they're seeing the Thessalhydra up on top, it stands of, to reason they would go assume they're like, still there. Yeah, yeah. that's true because it is after eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he he tries to warn them. It's too late. The mind flare is already there. Everyone's hiding under cars or food carts. Um, Max and. Uh, Oh, before that, uh, Steve and Robin actually made the decision to ditch Dustin and Erica and go back to the mall and try to pick them up and ferry them up to safety. But Max and Eleven try to make a break. Max, Eleven, and Mike try to make a break for it f- through the gap, which I thought was funny. Like, yeah. where can we go? Through the gap. And it's like a literal <laughs> oh, gap. Um, that's a good one. They don't quite make it. Um, they have to hide in the gap. From it was the- a baby gap. Was it a baby gap? No. <laughs> they couldn't fit through. Yeah, Were there baby yeah. gaps in the 80s? I don't think so. Hmm. Uh, Murray flips some breakers, which messes up the the, the gate gun. What are we calling That's that? That's a good one, the gate gun. The gate gun. It starts messing up. Things are flicking around. Uh, but Lucas realizes that Mike, Eleven, and Max are in trouble. He pulls out his slingshot, pops a balloon to distract the monster so that Mike, Eleven, and uh, Max can make a break for it, which I thought was smart of Lucas because they kind of tease that he's going to hit the actual monster. Right. Mm-hmm. But then the last thing Which like, also would have worked. <laughs> but it's funny that the mind flare is like this. Stupid ass dog, essentially. <laughs> uh, uh, noise. <laughs> um, Joyce and Hopper finally, because uh, Murray has um, messed up the the gun, they're able to get into the like the they're trying to get into that vault to get the briefcase, mm-hmm. so that they can get the keys to turn off the gate gun completely. Um, they enter the code, the Planck's constant code that Murray mm-hmm. supplied them, but uh, it's wrong. Plunk's okay. occasional. <laughs> Sorry. Plunk's <laughs> occasional. Plank's constant. Plunk's occasional. Get it. <laughs> Nobody gets it. God damn it, Andy. No. Ex- explain me. Explain explain to me. You just lost a couple emails for Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Are we gonna start campaigning for everyone to pick us as their chocolate pudding? A vote I mean, for Steve. It's a vote for I always have Steve. Been. This has been leading up to this the entire time we've had this show. Also, I want to throw in there real quick. I remembered what I wanted to show Andy. One of the other great touches of the Prowler scene was the monster picks up one of the dead Russians and just like flings Chucks it off to the side. <laughs> and like they didn't have to do that. You know what I mean? It's just this tiny detail. It's, it's horrifying. It shows you what would happen if he got a hold of one of the characters. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it, it's just very economical, very cool. I would have never thought of that. Like, hey, who has the set photos? Oh, yeah, there's a body here. Let's have it chuck it. You know, mm-hmm. it's just it's cool shit. And I guess that's another way to reiterate that. Just a, a just a normal dead body is useless to the meat monster because that body didn't consume chemicals to true be sucked up in joints. So he's like, ah, I can't use this. Or it doesn't use Russians for sure. whatever kind of it, weird ew, racist gross. reasons, right? <laughs> Russians, <laughs> Russians. Ugh. No, thank you. <laughs> the the CG um, is phenomenal. I was actually looking. I mean, there's nothing. It's got good slobber. I mean, uh, a nice moisture to the skin of both the Demogorgon and the Mind Flayer. Um, I don't know. I was just staring at it like the, I know they spend a lot of money on the show, but it's mm. it could easily look like shit what they're trying to do. And it doesn't. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, it looks great. Anyway, I'll let you guys agree. The budget on this show is pretty high to begin with, and it seems oh, yeah. to be getting higher and higher as it proves to be a, one of the big Netflix flagship shows. Oh, yeah. It, it's probably Netflix's main show at this point. I mean, they cancel everything everybody else likes. Yeah, sure. They lost all their Marvel stuff. I mean, the amazing thing three years ago, four years ago, when I first was like, holy shit, Netflix is doing some big things, was 
Centaur. Orange is the new black. Oh. Orange is the new black. Peaky Blinders, which really wasn't theirs. They just bought that from BBC, right? Uh, I think so. And then the original, you know, like Daredevil stuff like that. I was like, holy shit! You know, some good stuff going on here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and Orange is the New Black just ended. That was their final season. Then they've uh, Peaky, uh, Peaky Blinders new season's coming out in October, November, mm. I think, of this year. By the way, huge fan, huge fan. But that's not this isn't the Peaky Blinders. That's true. It fucking should be. Uh, the rest of the gang is also able to escape thanks to Lucas's balloon popping technique, but uh, Billy's still waiting for them outside. Um, Jonathan quickly tries to change the uh, the ignition cable in the station wagon, but Billy uses his car to. It looks like he's going to run down the entire team in the Nancy station wagon. Nancy was going to fetal position that car hit. Did you notice that? Yeah, she was just like, yeah. "Fuck it, stop, drop, and roll. It's going to be fine." <laughs> Thank God. Well, she jumps in front to start emptying her pistol clips. Hopefully hitting Billy. She doesn't come close. <laughs> no. Terrible shot. Which is which sucks because... She was dead-eye in season two. Yeah. No yeah. Shit. Now she can't hit up someone coming straight at her in a car? Come on. Come on, Nancy. <laughs> you're, really, you're really pulling a jaybird on this. <laughs> it's the new hair. Maybe it's the fact that she has to shoot a person. Has she shot a person? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is tougher, I hear, than shooting a demogorgon. <laughs> I've heard people are the most dangerous game. I wish that guy from the party would have popped out of nowhere and just been like, pure fuel. And just and didn't do anything. Just why are you still are you drinking in the mall parking lot? Dude, what are you doing here? The fair's that way. Uh, it looks like Billy's going to, you know, slam fetal position. That sounds terrible. It looks like, <laughs> rewind. It looks like Billy's going to slam into the car and crush everyone, including Nancy. Uh, but just at the last second, Steve with the Todd father just T-bones Billy's car. After hours. After hours. It looks like Billy's going to slam Nancy in the fetal position. God damn it. Go on. I shouldn't have listened to Andy's recap from last episode. I feel that sexual charge, man. Speaking of sexual, well, I shouldn't say that. They, they are able to get into the, the station wagon and make their escape, and the mind flayer chases them. But it does not. It doesn't realize that Mike Eleven and Max are not in the station wagon. Oh, they're still in the mall. I forgot that too. Rewatching it an hour ago. (laughs) But like I said, speaking of sexual energy, we cut to Salt Lake City, Utah, Ah, the city of sexual energy. (laughs) Also, the home of Sundance Film Festival. Yeah, go Susie. I assume the founder. Yeah, go on. We all know Sundance. We all know Sundance Film Festival is just a giant fuck fest. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see this movie? I did. Mm. Uh, But yeah, we see that uh, Susie is real. Holy shit. She's she's real as, as, you know. Super nerdy. Yes, she is. It's she's reading a book, a very nerdy book. I I have the name title of it written down later, but um, she hops on the, uh, the radio when she hears Dustin trying to contact her which i love the first thing you hear doesn't say is Susie, do you copy which mm-hmm. is the title from before yeah um she answers oh dusty buns and <laughs> you just get this really Poo. cute cute back and forth where she's so excited to hear from him but uh the first thing he asks of her is what planck's constant is because she's a, apparently a math whiz and would know what planck's constant is and the numbers they need to get into the safe she knows also he broke the code with her right she knows everything about the upside down and the, their previous adventures because he says i'm saving the world from russians and she's like of course you are <laughs> i don't know if he may he would have told her the specifics i think he just kind of bragged like yeah i saved the world 
I have a friend with superpowers, but he might not have gotten into the no big deal. Just another day in the life of Dusty Buns. Uh, She tells him that she will only give him Plank's constant, a number that he should know. I love that little stank that she puts (laughs) on that line. Little stank on it. Uh, She will. uh, She will give him Plank's constant, but first, she wants to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) This is like a thing, Steve. She wants and the look on it. Dustin's face, like the panic. I will never live this down. But I also really want to do this. I miss you, right? Yeah. We all thought she, she just wanted to hear him say, "I love you," right? Yeah, right for sure. Okay. And yeah. Turn around. <laughs> what you see? We cannot sing as good as those guys. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I thought we, we should all three try it. All right, here we, we could go. end the show with it. Yeah, yeah let's okay. just do it at the end. Yeah, and we'll, okay. we'll edit right. it in. Maybe right. I'm uh, not going to do we'll it. We'll look up the lyrics. I'm sure some of the lyrics are wrong. But uh, yeah, he starts singing the song from Neverending Story with her in a duet. Uh, which I would have been honest with you guys. So this scene in particular, at least amongst you know some friends that I know, is kind of controversial. Personally, I fucking love this because mm-hmm. I was a big Neverending Story person. When I was growing up, I loved that movie, and I feel like that's not a movie when people are referencing '80s culture. I, don't, I feel like Neverending Story doesn't get brought up that much, which is weird. I think it does. The you know the Atreyu meme is probably top ten of all time, like reused. Uh, like you know, what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it might. I mean, I don't know, but. But just hearing them start singing that song, I like the first one. Like, <laughs> what's the, the first Atreyu little- meme? the horse when the horse is being sucked into the swamp i mean they just meme it all the time oh my childhood yeah it's like supposed to mean like something horribly depressing happening (laughs) right because that's a horribly depressing scene yeah it's like insane and you're (laughs) six maybe like what yeah and that almost killed that child actor doing that really (laughs) yeah um yeah, it's like a horse and it's in a swamp, like the swamp of uh, sadness or something. Yeah, oh, of oh, course. Oh. Yeah, it's <laughs> literally, like, yeah. And Have like, you seen Neverending Story, Andy? Yeah, when I was a kid. I've seen it recently, I think. Is Damn. that weird? I just want to say, I don't know where you're going with this or if you don't think many people like this. Well, I was going to say that I, I, I loved it because it was such a big callback for me. And I was like grinning ear to ear during the whole song. But I know a lot of people who are like, I didn't need that song shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird because I think I can say... With little to zero hyperbole, that that is this my single favorite moment of Stranger Things ever. Oh wow, really? I think so. I, I that's a I think it's great because it brought me an extreme amount of joy. There's mm-hmm. that part when Susie hits the high note and she like when she when she goes never ending story and she like throws her <laughs> hand up and in the just air. kicks up a notch. And not only that, but cutting to Murray and Hopper, and it, <laughs> you see the you know the Hydra charging behind the fucking station wagon yeah. with uh, Steve's face. Like, are you shitting me right now? <laughs> yeah. And like the show's mocking itself. Like, mm-hmm. I can't believe we're doing this. Um, I fucking I, love that scene. It's too. amazing. Yeah. It's so well we done. Were, my girlfriend and I were just dying laughing together. Yeah, it was a wonderful moment. And have you it's ever a seen great cut into the tension and yeah. horror that's mm-hmm. happening? It's like a great way to alleviate that stress for just a moment. And it's not easy to do that and not have it be atonal. Do you right. know what I mean? And it, so it's props to them for that. But have you ever seen The Magicians? Do any of you watch that show? I've no. seen like an episode or two. So this might be weird for me, but I'm a huge fan of The Magicians. Really? Um, it's like a thing. You don't strike me as a person I, who would get into that. I know. Well, <laughs> that show is weirdly progressive. Like you wouldn't think it, but as far as like, um, 
human rights and um, open, I don't know, sex positivity, I guess I want to say. I mean, it, those are the undertones of that show. And then Magic. It's, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's Harry Potter, but with sex and stuff. So it's awesome, right? Oh, they um, have sex in Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> it's based off of my fan fiction, bro. Right. So, but anyway, they, there's this thing that happens once every season where they, they have this giant atonal musical episode. And now it's like a thing since the first time that it occurred in like season three or whatever. And it brings me an incredible amount of joy that they work it into the plot and all these characters in this dire situation just break out into song for like 15 minutes. Oh, wow. Uh, and it's super happy. Anyway, that's what it reminded me of. So I was on board. <laughs> like, fuck yeah. Oh, so good. Well, and it's great to see everyone, like you said, react. Uh, finally, they, the, the song ends. She gives Planks constant to Dustin, and then they start going, I, I miss, I love you, Dusty Buns. I love you, Susie Poo. And Erica just hard stop, no, turns <laughs> off the radio <laughs> and kills the connection because she has had enough of this yeah, love she shit. says enough you know what would have been good is if they cut to her and she's just sort of like humming along humming along or like mouthing the words like <laughs> like lean into her being a nerd a little she bit more it. that would have been, been good you're right i and, agree and, and when she realizes that she's like singing like oh no 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 no, right. no turn it off this can't happen <laughs> i can't show my true feelings uh, Billy emerges from the wreck just in time to see Max 11 and uh, Mike try to leave the mall. As soon as he sees them, the mind flare realizes that that is where 11 is and calls off the pursuit of the uh, the station wagon. And I ate my words um, from last time we recorded. There's actually apparently a really practical use for Billy still being in human form. That's true. Yeah. This, I mean, he does a lot of shit that the mind player couldn't do. But just the one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it might have helped to leave 10 little foot soldiers, right, really, yeah. but yeah. But if you're going to only pick one, it definitely <laughs> makes sense for it to be Billy. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a kick-ass car. <laughs> and a white beater, am I right? Right. <laughs> that sweet-ass mullet. I mean, that little kid isn't going to have a car. Come on. <laughs> Miss O'Driscoll don't have a sweet-ass mustache. <laughs> she kind of did. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <yeah>. Uh, <laughs> Hopper and Joyce, now that they have Planks constant, are able to unlock the safe, get the key, and storm the control room of uh, the gate gun. Uh, it's still going crazy. They yell at the Russian scientists the gate to get gun, out. Which is opening the goo gate, which is a lot of G alliteration. And I said it like Bill Cosby. The, the goo gate, gate. The Gatling gun. Ooh. Uh, nailed it. Lost I like another it. email. <laughs> <laughs> I have the best puns, guys. All right. Make puns great again. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. The Gatling gun. Like Gatling gun. I'm on board. <laughs> uh, then we cut to this like kind of crazy scene that took me uh, by surprise when we first watched it. Um, Max 11 and Mike are kind of, you know, making their way through the back hallways of the mall trying to escape Billy. They come across a locked door and Billy just saunters up to them. No emotion. Max is trying to appeal to his, his personality. His like humanity. your name is Max. You live on this street and he just fucking backhands her against the wall. And then Mike shows up and he just, what's he do? He grabs Mike by the throat and just smashes his head into the, slings the wall. The pipes, I think. And then slams her head into the wall backwards oh, and yeah. knocks her out. Yeah. And then just brutal violence against the children. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he, and he kid, kidnaps Which I liked. <laughs> you love, you're, you, you are fan. famous. <laughs> big fan. Big, big fan. I love it when kids get beat. <laughs> 
that Chris. Chris does that. I don't. I yeah. don't that. <laughs> Steve. Steve May thirteen. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Hopper and Joyce. Uh, now that they have the keys, they go to deactivate the Gatling gun. Ooh, Ooh bring it back. Because you need obviously you need two. That was keys. really clever, man. <laughs> <laughs> you did that, buddy. Oh. Don't don't sell yourself short. Own it. Own it. You you're my. You know what, Andy. You're my chocolate pudding in this episode. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> but yeah, now that because you need two keys to turn off the Gatling gun, um, and just when they're about to do it, let's Hopper's do a gonna, three countdown. Why yeah. not? You know what? On we don't want to end this show too short. Three one thousand. <laughs> two one thousand. Oh shit! T two's here, and I like that. Um, Hopper isn't like hitting the back of the head or anything. He's he's a trained soldier, right? Or at least a, a veteran cop. He kind of turns at the last second to yeah. stop being struck, and it doesn't work out well. But then the cocky 80s villain Russian throws Joyce, throws Hopper, clearly doesn't slightly incapacitate them, and then slowly pulls out his walkie-talkie. Not Doesn't grab the gun, doesn't finish him yeah. off, doesn't stop their plot or pull out a key, just wants to walkie-talkie some... I found him. I'm about. They're fighting me. I'm defending myself with my other arm. So give me I a moment. Very I shouldn't cute. tell you this right now, but uh, I fell. Oh, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> he hit my face. Just wanted to the radio. And did you guys ever think maybe we made the vents a little too big? Because I think. Uh, hold on. Like, oh, he kicked me my little babushkas. <laughs> right in my babushkas. That's right. balls in Russia. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Billy, now that he has 11, he walks into the, the star court food court area and he lays 11 down seemingly to offer her to the, uh, the mind flare when it arrives. And he starts to do that ritual where he kind of leans down and whispers into her ear like, it'll be over. Yeah, that's what he always does. Don't you worry about a girl. <laughs> um, and it looks like the monster is going to, uh, finally get its revenge on 11 the little tentacles come out they're looking all gnarly and scary and right before they can strike her <laughs> lucas gets to use his m80s or yeah, whatever they're yeah. called what do you remember what the fireworks were called oh no dude but when you when you strap ten, 10 of them together you got yourself a stick of dynamite except not it's just really colorful <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> explosions like yeah. fireworks everyone in the griswold family has taken up positions on the upper level of the mall and they're just hurling these bombs chucking bombs you know it was a different time <laughs> throwing <laughs> snakes and sparklers <laughs> that would have been awesome just one asshole <laughs> will comes out with a screamer <laughs> <laughs> Well, I thought it would work. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, Will. That's why you're always in trouble during these seasons, and we just look for you the whole time. Uh, but seemingly, Billy feels the monster's pain every time he gets hit with an explosion, which allows uh, Eleven to get kind of... I'm sorry, Steve. Please edit a scene. Mash cut of that with Joe Dirt talking to the fireworks guy. <laughs> you mean to tell me you ain't got any whistling ding-dongs? You're going to stand there owning a fireworks stand? And tell me you don't have no whistling bungholes, no spleen splitters, whisker biscuits, honky lighters, husker do's, husker don'ts, cherry bombs, nips of dazers, with or without the scooter stick, or one single whistling kitty chaser? Shoot! Husker do's! <laughs> That's gonna be amazing. But yeah, Eleven's get able to regain some of her faculties since Billy is feeling the pain that the monster is feeling. Um, however, it cuts back and forth between that and the Hopper and Terminator 2 fight. 
Why did I say Terminator 2 instead of T2? I just made it completely pointless. Get the fuck out of my house, Steve. All right. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> All right, Andy, take over. Uh, I didn't get to rewatch this episode. <laughs> that's all for Steve. Come back. <laughs> Andy, that's another point from your... Oh, my <laughs> God, dude. I'm in the negative now. <laughs> fuck. Uh, Eleven tries to escape. Billy will not let her. They're running out of time. Um... Joyce needs, uh, while Hopper and the, the Terminator guy are fighting, they kind of bump into the, uh, yeah, <laughs> they, they, they bump into the, uh, the Gatling gun. Is it, is it at that point? No. When does the Gatling gun get, or the Gatling gun get all fucked up? When he kills the when term, he kills Terminator. One. Okay. Yeah. So he throws that guy into a beautiful scene where he just gets shredded. Oh yeah, dude. That was, that was fucking really brutal. practical effects, or maybe digital. I'm not sure. <laughs> they, threw a <laughs> they killed that guy. That guy's dead. Didn't you catch that after the stinger at the end in loving memory of T two? No, in loving memory of Boris. <laughs> Just Boris. <laughs> we don't know his last name. I'm invincible. <laughs> Golden Eye reference yeah. up top. Holy shit, Alan Cummings. Damn. Uh, but yeah, they he gets splattered all over the Gatling gun, which fucks it up. There's like this like energy that's spiraling around and it has seemingly separated Hopper away from the control room. So he he's not in a good spot. Mm. Um, he looks at Joyce and kind of. No, he looks longingly, quick, decisively at the gate mm-hmm. and then back at Joyce. That's true. He's he realizes like, oh, it's there's the gate behind me and this uh, swirling energy of death in front of me. What to do? <laughs> <laughs> if Will could survive back there for three weeks, I, mean, I should be able to go for like six months. Um, what did Will eat? It's always bothered me. I'm sorry. This is years later. I should have said something by now. What the fuck? What did he drink? I don't know. How long was he? St- so are there I, resources in the upside down? I think he was in there for a week. At the end of this season, I was like, holy shit, that was only, this whole season took uh, took place over the course of like two or three days. Yeah. Like, it was super fast. And so I, I don't know, it was, the, I mean, I guess I, they were looking for Will for a really long time in mm-hmm. season one, but. He was there for at least a week. Okay. Because I think they mentioned something, I think there was one line of dialogue where they're like, he can't survive much longer out there. I don't know. No, for sure. And then, I mean, Barb was missing, quote unquote, for multiple he days. Barb. <laughs> oh, no. oh, my God. He found Barb in the swimming pool, and he's like, might as well. <laughs> Jesus. She's looking pretty good. I mean, I'm not so much worried about the food as the water. Yeah, because you can only survive, what, like three days without water? Spoiler alert. I'm really only asking this because I'm worried about Hop. Huh? Hop. Hop. Uh, Max and Mike wake up from their uh, concussed brains and uh, they they join the Star Court Mall just in time to find Eleven, reach up and grab Billy's face and start to tell him and tell him about an obscure moment on the beach seven feet that was the, that was the so line. The instigator, and he's like, "Oh my god, seven feet!" That was the Martha Wayne. That's what I was thinking. When I watched it. I took a note about it. Why does Martha get so much shit? And this works, and it seven legitimately feet. does. I mean, it works for me. But why does the Martha thing get so much shit? It's the well, same thing. Well, they. I think it's because they actually to make the effort to. They have like a whole scene of her being sucked into his memories about that moment in time so when she starts to describe it it makes sense it's not just like my have a mom too <laughs> <laughs> at least that's my personal take yeah, but yeah she, i'll buy it eleven starts you know going into vivid detail about uh, billy's memory which seemingly kind of you know 
allows him to regain control of his body. Um, there's a real moment where he looks really, really sad. Um, but, uh, yeah, like he, he, uh, starts to come too because it's seven feet, bro. Seven feet. <laughs> He's like, actually, I'm five foot eleven, but that's super close. Super close. <laughs> he gets snotty nose, starts crying. Um, you can actually see the varicose veins recede um, a little bit to where it, it loses enough control over him to make a last Billy stand, almost unnecessarily. You know. Yeah, he he gets up and he he actually stops the tentacles from getting to 11. He does this really awesome thing where he like grabs mm-hmm. the, the one with both hands and he's like, ah, I'm really strong holding this tentacle back. But then like six other ones like stab him from the side. <laughs> they did a really good job because I cared deeply for Billy in that moment and was really upset to see him go. Mm-hmm. And I really had no right to. So they must have done a great job. It was great. The, cat. The, the seven feet thing, I'm making fun of it, but it was super humanizing. You know what I mean? The, mm-hmm. That what was that two episodes ago where we got to see um, how troubled his childhood actually was? Also, I didn't bring this up in that episode, but I should have the mysterious introduction of Max, just like, "Hey, Billy, this is your sister now." Like, where the fuck did that yeah, come from? Dating you know period? I mean? Yeah, like, right. uh, <laughs> yeah, Max's mom I found this lady at the grocery store. She's got a daughter. <laughs> We're moving to Indiana. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was really effective um, humanization of a dude that was pretty fucking like irredeemable that last yeah. season like trying to run over kids. yeah so i was about to say like he was gonna dr- fucking mow down those kids with his car yeah and like the first episode or whatever and that's like bar none piece of shit person now i'm like oh that's really sad he oh, Billy. i think that goes so much to daycare's performance mm-hmm. daycare <laughs> also i gotta give it to my girl millie um because like she's just looking at him and she's like she was so pretty you know what i mean like that and you just see um, i did i felt a little boy's love for his mother do you know what i mean and how tortured he must have been he always hated his dad and then his mom left and that all came from for me millie i mean dacre did a phenomenal job but that's a great point because you have to imagine billy doesn't talk about that that's like the most and obviously that's the most you know happiest he's ever been it's a very cherished memory Cause that's the one that yeah, was, she says that, that you look so happy, you know, and the fact that 11, you know, recounts that memory so vividly, but so earnestly. And like, I understand what this means to you. It was a beautiful moment that, that I think that goes even more to allow Billy to be like, you know what? I, I, I like this person. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to save her. She gets me. <laughs> so yeah, he dies. <laughs> did you did it bother anyone else that like so he gets he, he catches the first tentacle and then he gets stabbed with like four or five more and then it's the la- when the last one hits him in the heart then max is like billy no it's like he wasn't gonna make it like yeah his that whole was, that was icing gone. on the cake I was surprised that he was still technically living after that shot to the heart right <laughs> You're too late. You made the bad name. Uh, cut back to Joyce and Hopper having that Led moment. <laughs> Joyce, Led Zeppelin. Andy, those points are just sky falling now. Sky falling. Sorry. Man, I love Celine Dion. <laughs> 
But Joyce is forced to turn the keys all by herself. Cut to black. But then it comes Brilliant. back. It, it comes back, and you see the Gatling gun blow up. It dusts all the Russians. Surprisingly, we don't see any uh, Hopper. Mm. Very interesting. Mm. Uh, and in that moment, the Mind Flayer slash Thessal Hydra, now that the gate is closed, seemingly has no connection to its monster in the Starcourt Mall. The monster just falls over and dies. The connection he didn't is just seven. fall over and die. He, like, slams around for a while, and then... And then falls over, which I at the time was like severed connection to this plane of existence. Seven feet. <laughs> That's a shirt. <laughs> yeah, I was just surprised he didn't slump, you know. But I mean, it was more effective visually, I guess. But it's kind of weird that he didn't melt. Like all the goo just like <laughs> the, yeah. the gore just becomes a puddle. I totally expected that. Yeah, that's a fair point. He he, he held its form. Ew, all the dead bodies congealed. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Billy, like we mentioned before, he's not quite dead yet. He is able to get out a quick apology to Max before he he dies. And uh, Murray and Joyce are able to make their escape out of the Russian or attempt to make their escape out of the Russian base. But Paul Reiser storms in and guns him down. Does he, though? (laughs) So, yeah, Dustin and Eric are on the hill. They see all the helicopters kind of swarm in. Um, Dr. Owens, Paul Reiser's character, is in charge of all the American forces that storm the court. And there's this weird thing where right before Murray and uh, Joyce escape, you see the Russians like, ah, what's going on? Or whatever they say. And then we see the helicopters come in. But then as the American forces are making their way through the base, there's nobody there. Yeah. Yeah. So... I wonder what happened to all the they Russians. All, they went back to Russia for, to that prison and left two of them to guard it and went home. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> uh, but, and Paul, Paul Reiser looks at the, the now closed gate menacingly. He knows that shit has done happened. Mm, and he, that look on his face. He's like, God damn that gate. Because he had that uh, kind of. Looks so vaginal. He had that. He did. It did. <laughs> That's what yeah. Paul Reiser's thinking. That's not what I think. I'm he's just like, saying I read all over his face. He's like, mm. <laughs> Leave me alone, boys. <laughs> Smoke if you got him. <laughs> but he had that uh, moment in season two where he's like, "Can you imagine if the communists had this power? If they had access to the upside down?" He was very concerned about that. Oh yeah, and his worst fears have been realized. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Knew it. First events. Did you see these events? <laughs> We should do these. <laughs> these are huge. Look at the size of the person you can fit through them. Look at this. Look. I just have to, I just have to crouch. I can fit comfortably in here. Why are we doing this? <sighs> Did you see Bruce Willis in one of these fucking things? <laughs> I've been wanting. To, I've been trying to come up with a way to do a Die Hard reference, and I was like, I was like, the Russians are going to recreate Die Hard. I was like, no, he was German, wasn't he? <laughs> hey, we'll go to Hawkins, Indiana. We'll have a good time. <laughs> Is that your response? It is. <laughs> <laughs> he always kind of whispers. Um, Joyce exits the mall. Uh, everyone's kind of being attended to by medical staff. She looks around for Will. They are reunited. She hugs her boy tightly. She does not hug Jonathan because, you know, we don't like Jonathan him. as much. He looks 37. <laughs> you got arrested for cocaine possession. Huh? That's true, yeah. But she's hugging Will, and as she's hugging him, she sees 11. Looking for Hop. And I hated that she didn't let Will go and do anything or say anything. Yeah. She just like this knowing look, and that that's emotive. But 
You're not going to console the child at all? She's holding her son. He's like, yeah, he died. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have a parent. I'm just going to... My kid's got one. You're mine now. I don't know. I liked it. I liked that she was was like almost bawling her eyes out. Why didn't she say like, come here? Well, she might have. I'm sad too. I was banging her. She probably was like, she probably saw Eleven, was heartbroken, was crying. She's holding her own kid because she knows like, oh man, if my boy lost me, that could have been me. And yeah, I'm, no, sure she, sure. I'm sure she's like, eh, okay, well, I got to talk to her. And I'm glad we didn't get a conversation about it because I couldn't. I was too sad in that moment to have mm-hmm. Joyce pronounce his name that way. Yeah. And Hap's dead. You're looking for Hap, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and then you would have had Eleven like, what? Gone. <laughs> Hop gone. Friends don't die. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Newbie died. <laughs> you little shit. <laughs> Cut to three months later, boys. Time has passed. It's Everybody's been Everybody's strangely well adjusted, I've noticed, in three months. <laughs> shit. Hey, that's a whole summer. Your whole life can change yeah, in the summer. That's true. I mean, Max is super happy now. <laughs> well, before we see what everyone's been up to, we get a really nice... Uh, Newsreel footage from The Cutting Edge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that because it's like, Hawkins, Indiana, <sighs> a great place to raise your kids. Or is it? <laughs> Some blame Satanism. It's like, it's like super D&D intense. Books. Mysterious deaths. We go see. Cover up. <laughs> yeah, government cover ups, mysterious deaths. They they show Bob Newby and, uh, and Barb. Um, they talk about a disgraced mayor. Uh, I don't know what Mayor Klein's been charged with officially, but he's in trouble, obviously. And it brings up that a uh, hopper died heroically in the fire at the mall, which one makes you wonder, what's the policeman doing at the fire? Uh, yeah. In the mall. So more cover ups. The cover ups Chem- haven't stopped here. Cutting edge. Nope. Chemical leaks. Tune in at eight o'clock on Sundays <laughs> with the R.L. Stein lettering on chemical leaks. <laughs> And I loved all the awful, like, star wipe transitions that it kept yeah, using. It was beautiful. Dope. I was really hoping they would have one, like, interview of, like, some random person. Like, I, something happened at the mall. The guy from the fucking fake Arby's commercial thing or news thing. It would have been awesome. <laughs> Just cut to him. Notice, Notice me, senpai. <laughs> <laughs> so I, love, I love the welcome to Hawkins sign that someone spray painted. Welcome to hell. Oh, yeah. Very dramatic, but uh, after we we see that, we we find out that uh, Robin and um, Steve they're job hunting again. Scoops Ahoy burned down in the mall, so they go to a family video. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sorry, I keep thinking oh, Hawkins is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool. Uh, the family video, which apparently is attached to the arcade. Keith got fired from the arcade, or, or is it attached? You're saying. You can see that it there. It's yeah. It's literally attached. So I wonder if Keith. He's, hops a, he's back a modern forth. day Dante and Randall, dude. Yeah. Hopping back oh forth. my god. What creepier? Is that an Easter egg in and of itself? Oh, I think so. No. <laughs> you sound so hop about that, bro. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they they go to apply at the family video with Keith, the guy we saw from season two in the arcade. Uh, the interview process is pretty simple. Did you notice that he looked like he? had a bastardized attempt to trying to have Steve's hair. 
That's interesting. Yeah, actually, that's a good yeah. point. Super looked like that. Like mm-hmm. he tried, and then just he's throwing so much stank at at Steve, but really he wants to be Steve. He, he, oh, didn't, yeah. he didn't know the trick about damp, not wet, and four sprays of Farrah Fawcett. Farrah Fawcett does not know that trick. Only Dustin knows, and he, that kid wears a hat all day. He mm-hmm. uses uh, cheesy poof crust. <laughs> Ew. He was he was going to town on some cheesy poof. Season two, he was. Is he the manager? He does not strike me as manager material. No, he's definitely going to... He strikes me as the employee who wants to be manager and never will be. I don't think they have the sexual harassment quizzes in the 80s because he would have been done so. I failed it four times. (laughs) And this is a weird interview process. You, favorite three movies. Tell me now. Well, I've actually applied to... uh, So we all worked at movie theaters at one time, but I actually did apply to a family video. Um, and they did ask me my favorite movies and due to my felonious background, I was not hired, but, but that wasn't the only question they <laughs> no, asked. No, 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 there were also references. It was written. Uh, it was an application process. They didn't have sure. that one loaded in the chamber when you said, I would like job here, please. No. What's your favorite three movies? And if I said fast times, I would assume they would have asked me to leave, <laughs> but it was a different time. Uh, but he, he, initially, he initially, uh, rebukes Steve's attempt. He tells Robin, she's she starts on Monday, but Robin, you know, she's gotta she's gotta help her boy out. Stand you know, her boy. So she she tells Keith like, hey, that's Steve the Hair Harrington. You know what comes in here, ladies, for that guy, and there are so many of them, and he needs your help, Keith, Super to manage homes. all of these ladies. And she's a, she's effective when she says that. I'm like, hire him. <laughs> we had to ship in fucking ice cream from Detroit. Goddamn Detroit, Keith. <laughs> I don't know what she said that, dude. <laughs> Very well done. She's she's a total she's a total BF. Very big fan of Robin. So they both get hired. Uh, we cut to the buyers as they are uh, they're moving out. I guess the they're actually moving. They're leaving Hawkins, and the whole gang is there to help them to pack. And which is so unrealistic. Nobody fucking shows up when it's time to help move. <laughs> Not much less everyone. That's true. Uh, but maybe the eighties is a different time. A different time. Different Nothing time. else to do. Yeah, do I like Atari? how I like how the children came to help Joyce move her house. Like Karen wasn't there. Yeah, fucking Ted's a piece of shit. He ain't gonna be there. Definitely not. Uh, Donald, what's Pop he doing? Wasn't there. What the fuck? Bob's dead. Oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Joyce's only friends are children now. <laughs> yeah, she's the creepy lady. But uh, it's yeah. actually the precursor. Never mind. Go ahead. Dustin's getting some shit from Lucas and Max about the the Neverending Story song. Awesome. They actually used that twice in the same episode. And it worked both times. Yeah. And it, it's further evidence that Lucas and Max are just perfect for one another. Yeah. They were harmonizing everything, man. Beautiful voices. Yeah. Um, we get to see uh, Jaybird and Nancy. You know, sta- looking in his empty room. You know, seventeen seventeen years of my life packed up in a day. And they try to, you know, maybe you don't have to go, you know, that whole thing where like teenage love getting separated too soon. Are they going to last? Can they do long distance relationships? I don't know. Watch season four to find out. (laughs) What'd you guys think about that? I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Every little bit of it. It was very sad. Very, very sad. That's one of my, I mean, spoiler, but I, it destroyed me. Um, especially the first time through. Mm hmm. Not just like, oh, wow, that's sad, but like blubbering tears. No. Because it is a really, like when you move, especially when you're that young, I I totally felt that like 17 years of my life. I lived in the same apartment for 14 years, Um, the same little apartment, you know, so from, well, almost 12 years. 
from three to 15, you know, so absolutely. In fact, every time I drive by that apartment complex, he's still in the same area. So when I'm going up past his house or whatever, I'm just like, oh, I learned to swim there. No, hmm. oh, shit. And I remember that hole. And then I hid from my dad there and he got Superman. I had my toy gun. You know, I mean, it's just like <laughs> infinite amount of memories. And I don't think Charlie Heaton played it particularly well, but it had enough of my own resonance. Um, like you're watching it today. He just walks so awkwardly into the room and it's it's kind of overt. I don't know. I just was thinking at that moment, they didn't utilize Charlie Heaton very much at all this season. Mm. Jaybird was very much sideshowed. Um, but what he did have, he didn't do particularly well, in my opinion. I don't right. know. And that's more for the recap discussions. But I did like that scene just because, like you mentioned, they haven't given Jaybird a lot to do. But that scene kind of hammered home like, man, that room, his room was such a big set piece in the first season. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I like there's that shot where he's like you said awkwardly kind of walking in you can almost picture like oh that's where the yeah the living smaller. dead photo was mm-hmm. and that's where his records were and it's just really kind of like man this show and that's why i like love this this ending this whole ending sequence it's like it's really this this scene more than anything is taking stranger things into completely new territory yeah, and it would have been a great end of the show like you know what i mean like a sitcom after eight seasons would end this way. In fact, it did. Friends ended exactly yeah. this way with the empty apartments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, but they, hey, it's not I mean, over. This is, this is jumping forward, but I think this is where we'll talk about something more important. But the literally the ending shot is Joyce looking at the at the empty house, and yeah. we all know like what a big deal like Joyce alone in that house was that first season in that in that main living room. I almost would have liked to have seen a pan to the wall where she had the Christmas lights. Oh up. yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, the hole still in the wall, the little yeah. boards. <laughs> now, Bob fixed those. Oh, that's right, he did. Bob's such a good guy. Mm-hmm. Gone too soon. Uh, but after Jonathan and Nancy have their little moment, uh, we see Mike in, or I'm sorry, Eleven is trying to grab a teddy bear from out of the closet. She tries to use her power. She still does not have them. And we all as children tried to move teddy bears with our minds. So we Absolutely. get that. a lot of resonance there for me mm-hmm. as well. Absolutely. Uh, fortunately for her, Mike comes in and says they'll come back and he's tall enough and tall and lanky enough to get up there and grab that teddy bear for her. Uh, as she, there's like a really awkward moment between the two of them and she goes to leave, but then she stops herself and turns around and is like, Hey, remember that day when we were at, at the cabin and you had, you were talking about your feelings and Mike's like, Oh, I don't know. But <laughs> she reveals that she heard him the whole time say that he loved her. And she tells him that she loves him too and gives him a little smooch. And walks away. And then the cute smile when she walks away is so adorable. She felt so good about herself. I loved her. I love Millie Bobby Brown in that scene. I hated Finn Wolfhard in that scene. Like, I get that the writing kind of forces him to do the awkward, like, I don't know what you mean, but uh, that, that shit's annoying. I hope they don't pigeonhole him into doing that next season. But even after they kiss and she walks away and she has that really cute smile, Finn just sitting there like, (laughs) (laughs) he's such an idiot. (laughs) It's such an idiot. It's so weird because season one, we're like, get them together. And then he was a miserable fuck all season two and they got together and we're like, yay. And then this season we're like, fuck Mike. (laughs) Wolf hard. (laughs) That's my name. That's that's all he says. How many times are you going to fucking drop that, Andy? <laughs> Jesus, goddamn Christ, you're negative four points right now. So he was terrible in that scene. It was even worse in the scene that we skipped over, which was um, fucking Will, oh, yeah. Will putting the uh, D&D board into the donation box. He's like, what are you doing? Don't do that. Will's like, well, I'll just come play with yours. He's like, what if you want to join another party? 
It's like, oh, I could never do that. And they just have the weirdest fucking look at each other. Like, Will's like, like this. I mean, it's a podcast. It doesn't translate very well. But they give each other. Uh, and he just bugged his eyes out and made a weird, like, derpy smile. <laughs> That's a good, good description. It was Thanks. just super, super uncomfortable scene and unnecessary throwback to Will wanting to play the game earlier in the season. I, I didn't hate that scene, again, because I like Noah Schnapp. And mm-hmm. I thought I liked that little bow on his story. Um, I wish I really wish Noah Schnapp had more to do this season because like last season was like Noah's season. Mm-hmm. He was like the linchpin of that whole thing. And this season he's just like, I got a tingle. <laughs> um, Everyone can see the giant monster, but also I have a warning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, the last few times it happened, it's like, yeah, motherfucker is a giant skyscraper side monster right above us. I gotta scratch my neck. He's in the near. M- they're in the middle of the ballast door car. He's like, guys, it's happening, right? <laughs> You guys see this shit? <laughs> I got to backtrack. I'm so sorry. I wrote a note because I explicitly wanted to talk to you guys about this part because it was the one thing in the episode that I fucking hated. And I want to see okay. if you guys picked up on it. Um, so the scene with Mike and Eleven. Mike or Eleven telling him that she loves him. That's the most eloquent Eleven's ever been. Like she was so well spoken. And mm-hmm. in that scene, she's like forming full sentences. She's pronouncing everything correctly. And then the very next scene... Joyce has a note and she's like, what's that? Can I read? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what? Stop making her a caveman. (laughs) It's tough. And then when she's done reading, go time, is it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, she does. Yeah, go time. Out in a minute. Did you guys feel the same way about that? Is it just me? That time I honestly didn't notice it. But yeah, I mean, it's a problem that they have. They need to just let that go. I mean, the whole friends don't lie. I mean, it was so charming, but it's done. You know, it's been years. This eventually leads us to what I think is probably the biggest moment of Stranger Things. And that is Hop's note. Joyce finds the note that he that she helped him write in the beginning of the season to Eleven about having that heart to heart with her and Mike. Um, And before she can really read it, Eleven comes in and she's like, hey, what is that? And she gives her the note and Eleven gets to read the note that Hop wrote to her. And we quickly find out that Hop deviated from the original kind of script that Joyce laid out to him. What a wonderful surprise that was. Yeah. And really, it became this beautiful written written note about being in a cave of feelings. But then Eleven came into his life and he, you know, loved their time together and he was starting to feel like they're becoming distant. But he realized, hey, that's a part of growing up. Go ahead and continue to grow. Make mistakes. Um, and when life gets hard, because it will, uh, just know, you know, we'll love you, W stuff. Hop. Hop. Something like that. Uh, and while this is going on, there's great editing kind of going to certain characters when there's lines that apply. Like I, there's the part where he's like, you know, sometimes life is great. And it cuts to Erica getting the D&D set from Dustin and Lucas. Mm-hmm. And sometimes life can be hard. And it cuts to Max mourning Billy. Uh, it's just a really great way to edit because they kind of show you the whole buyers packing up the truck, saying their goodbye and leaving. And then when the note ends, it goes back to them doing the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it like works so well. Yeah. The pacing I was thinking great. about that too, the way that they cut it all together and the timeline of, because you don't know what was this after the kiss, was this before, you know, as far as the different goodbyes. And um, obviously when she's done reading, she says, you know, is it time to leave when Joyce comes in? But we've already seen the aftermath of her taking her moment and coming outside and saying goodbye. So it's, yeah, it's very interesting that 
destroyed me. I, I wept like a baby. It, it is the linchpin emotionally of the entire show, um, of that episode, rather. And then the buyers move. And it's really sad. Everyone's crying. Will's crying like a baby. Um, <laughs> Why'd you say it like that? Uh, like a little bitch? Like, <laughs> like a little bitch. He's been in the upside down. He, he should be hard. <laughs> That's true. They're moving I've, next door to Steve. <laughs> they just go down the street after that. <laughs> I think you said everything that needs to be said. Mm-hmm. I think it's time to move to the egos and pudding. What do you guys think? Well, we we have one more scene. You want to talk yeah. about the sting sting? The sting. Stinger sting. Sting sting. So we knew it. And on Netflix, you know that if it doesn't shrink the credits up to the top left corner and show you some stupid fucking show that's completely different to watch, <laughs> must be more, right? So we've got some upside downy looking mm-hmm. snowflakes and then actual mm-hmm. snowflakes. Ooh. And then we're in the motherland. Kamchatka, Russia. Mm, at a prison guarded by Boris and Gisnetskin. <laughs> just the, there's just these two dudes. Two of the hardest motherfuckers <laughs> that ever walked through Siberia. What was the second guy's name? Gisnetskin. Gisnetskin. Yeah. Okay. I love that guy. He's his cousin. They're cousins. They both, anyway. Um, They're both in love with the same guy. <laughs> it's a whole backstory. <laughs> So then two things of Tisneskin note. is hard as nails. It's only you got to swim. So two things of note happen. They say, not the American, and they grab the poor Russian bastard, who's seemingly in the same uniform. I guess he's betrayed them. There is a bit of a backstory that the doctors walked <laughs> in there because he goes, I didn't tell them anything or whatever as they're locking him in the, the cage. Um, oh, the guy in the other cell they grabbed? Yeah. Um, I loved her. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't even love you. I would have been good to her. I don't know why he's Italian now. Uh, <laughs> so there's a fucking Demogorgon in there. It comes out and eats the motherfucker. There's a, a cage that doesn't look like it could hold a Demogorgon. Throwback to uh, Erica being astute, noticing a Demogorgon-sized cage. Yep. Strictly from being told to exist a half an hour before. Turns out that's exactly what was going on. They found at least one yep. and carted it back to Russia, King Kong style, but this time successfully. Did you guys get the impression that that specific Demogorgon was like we watched it in the final metamorphosis of it? Going from Demodog to Demogorgon because you, like when it when it stands up, its shoulders are going like I noticed like that, but around. I thought they were just like scary twitchy. I don't know. I took it like they can always go to Demodog. Oh, for sure. Gate status, mm-hmm. uh, G A I T. Um, but I don't know. Sure, doesn't. Yeah, sure. That's Stranger Things season three. <laughs> the, <laughs> the sure, and there it ends. And there it ends. Keep, that, keep the coverage door open three inches. Ooh. Our door is always going to be open three inches. That's what Steve's saying. Mm-hmm. He you measures know, it three with inches. his penis. Ah, <laughs> beat me to it. Damn. Well, I was going to say a ruler. Just <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to our second segment, the Easter Egos segment, wherein we make a bunch of shit up that seems to be references to the 80s, hidden there by the Duffers. And we try to find them. But uh, mm. this one I'm stretching quite a few, but I have uh, a good many. Andy, start us off with some egos if you got any. Don't say the gap or you're fucking fired. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so when uh, um, Max and Lucas are making fun of Dustin at the end of it and they're singing the never ending story, which is another ego, obviously, uh, theme song back to him. Uh, he says, you're, You guys are funny. You should be on Carson. 
He's referencing Johnny Carson. Is that the, the Tonight Show? I think so. I don't yeah. know. It was the, I don't know, the Late Show, but I think it's the Tonight Show, yeah. Before motherfucking David Letterman mm-hmm. was Johnny Carson. Word? Word. Word. Um, I only got a few that are stretched and aren't real. Um, Scarface, when Hop shoots all the Russians. Were you, being, were you nodding in agreement? Actually, no, I wasn't. Oh, I, I was thought you were going to say something different because there's another Scarface. Yeah, really? Have, yeah. Well, I just thought because he had like a Miami shirt on and he's like, say hello to my little friend. He doesn't say that, but that, he does that. Yeah. And then he gets it. And he- <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. What was your Scarface reference? Uh, it's one of the movie posters outside the family video. Oh, holy shit. Oh, yeah. I, I found a real one. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, the mountain of cocaine. <laughs> you know. Uh, also, Christine, because I like to throw the obscure... Uh, Stephen King. There's always a Christine Duffin film, but you know, when <laughs> Billy's in his car, when they first come out in the starter cord or whatever the fuck is yanked out, it just gave me more Christine vibes. Um, go ahead, Steve. Uh, the scene when they're in the gap and the tentacle monsters are kind of like maneuvering around searching for him. It's very reminiscent of the <gasps> Raptor scene in Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Mm-hmm. I wrote that down too. Yes. I love that. There is even a, um, a mirrored, thing that they use just yeah, like when they're the, back they have their backs to the counter and the mouth is coming out yeah flight of the navigator was a real stretch Ooh, I, think, I don't even know what that is really no well isn't that the movie with the little fucking uh ethan hawk where they build the thing thing and then they go up to the singing aliens in the spaceship at the end i've never seen it if, yeah, if no. it is well, anyway, I thought that there was a reference to that in there. Keep carry they on. They put his daughter in it. <laughs> exactly. Like, fucking exactly, Andy. <laughs> um, also, another one I made up completely. When Hop is almost getting chopped, when T1's holding his face down by the machine, it just reminded me, and it's been done a thousand times, mm-hmm. like that tension moment, right? But Indiana Jones, maybe, like with a, I could just see a train and Harrison Ford's stupid head. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just, stupid I, face. Like I said, I'm making that one up. But I have three real ones, but go on, Steve. You're going to take them. Uh, Jackie me... Wilson. <laughs> what was that? I could say, go with it. What, what is I it? couldn't hold it in. What is it? Jackie, Jackie Wilson. Wilson. What is that? The song, higher and higher, higher. your love. (laughs) (laughs) Which that song has probably been used almost as much as any song in film ever. It's probably super cheap to use that song because it's so old. But that was probably the best use ever. It was very Tarantino because it's Mm -hmm. right after Top mows him down with his gun. Mm -hmm. And then that song kicks in. (laughs) (laughs) Higher Yeah, loved it. Andy? Um, So this one is sort of an Easter egg. Jackie Um, Wilson. It's more... (laughs) (laughs) It's it's more of like a a, a cultural um, finger on the pulse kind of ego. Um, during the end, when the uh, TV special comes on and they're talking about the government cover-ups and the people that have gone missing, they say, is it Satanism? And they show a bunch of uh, Dungeons & Dragons stuff. And that was an absolute, like, the way people portrayed um, board games in in that time period was like that it's evil that it's it, it's it's like the uh, the uh, 80s equivalent of what's happening today with all the mass shootings that are going on and people are like video games. it's the violent video games and they before the that with Harry thing. Potter and yeah mm-hmm. yeah satanic <clears throat> panic yeah I thought that was a really nice touch absolutely uh, I already I already spoke about 
briefly the alien parasite coming out of uh, Eleven's leg. They remind <laughs> me of a xenomorph. Um, uh, we learned that Eleven likes to watch Miami Vice. Mm. That's that's. I feel like there's a Miami Vice reference in almost every episode, <laughs> mostly because of Hopper's outfit. Uh, Chris, do you have any more? I do. Uh, Griswold, the Griswold family, which is from uh, National Lampoon's Family Vacation uh, or any of its sequels. Uh, it was a good reference because that they actually drive that same station wagon, which is why they call them the Griswold Group, which is great. And also Family Video uh, itself, which I didn't know was a franchise, I'll be honest, because there's one on Dixie Highway. That's, yeah. the, that's the one I applied to. And it's mm-hmm. the only movie rental place still Around. in business within hundreds of miles to my knowledge. Yeah. So I just thought it was like a little family owned place, hence family video, but nay, it's apparently a big enough franchise to be in fucking stranger things. Mm-hmm. I remember like back in 2011, a buddy of mine applied to be a manager there and he got the job. And my only thought the whole time was like, dude, what are you doing? It's a, that place is gonna be out of business in like a day, mm-hmm. but it's still trucking. Yeah. It's still he's doing. Like, now he's a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> now he, now he owns family video. Yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um, so I'm fresh out of Eggos. Um, Steve, uh, when he's asked his top three favorite movies, doesn't name it, but he implies that one of his top three movies is Return of the Jedi. And the Ewoks, the Little oh, Teddy Bears. Yeah, the Little Teddy Bears. The one with the Little Teddy Bears, duh. I, well, although the um, um, Keith, he says, which Star Wars, A New Hope? Had it been named A New Hope at that point? It had been. I thought it was just Star Wars. Originally, it, oh, it was, was when Empire came out. When Empire came, yeah, gotcha. And what's funny is it's such a nod, like almost too on the nose, but it's enjoyable that that Steve would pick Return of the Jedi, which obviously would piss most. And that's actually that's, it, that's it's my favorite, favorite of the originals. But is that really? Yeah, it really is. Weird. Steve's disgusted. And I'm not disgusted. You lost I, your last email, Andy. <laughs> Andy, I love I think hearing people's plus one. I love seeing what how people rank Star Wars because mm-hmm. I have my ranking and I just l- I'm fascinated by other people's rankings. The only people I would hate is if they put like Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones as their favorite Star Wars of all time. I would, yeah. you know, ask someone to euthanize them. <laughs> is Revenge <laughs> of the Sith forgivable as a favorite? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith is actually like like my third or fourth. I what if they Revenge chose the Solo, a Star Wars story? I mean, that's fine. No, that's, it's not. It's not it's fine. fine. I mean, I wouldn't agree with it, but I'm not going to be like, fuck you. You don't idiot. be so accepting, Steve. <laughs> also in that email, send in your favorite Star Wars. Film. <laughs> you got a lot of you know, stuff to write. You know what I should have done is send in an artwork or idea or drawing for us to use. Cause we're actually going to change our artwork. Oh, to holy not shit. Be that so, would have been a great idea. Not be so stranger thingsy. Um, but that have been a lot of work for 50 bucks and I don't yeah. feel like it would have been as popular as just writing in. So yeah, don't forget to email streamingthingspod at gmail.com. That's our little midway point after an hour and a half reminder. You can win 50 bones 50 on Amazon. freaking bones Amazon gift card. Is that the end of our ego segment? Do you got some more, Steve? You look I, like you're raring to go. I have more. Jackie Wilson. Phoebe Cates. <laughs> you were loved by Howard Huntsbury Ooh. is a song that plays in the beginning. Obviously, the never-ending story song is the low-hanging fruit. Whoa. Someone's trying to break into a car right now. Carry on. None of our business. None of business. Yep. Uh, at the family uh, video, you can see posters for Firestarter. Ooh. Which is a very 11-like thing. 
16 Candles is another poster. Scarface that we mentioned before. Steve runs into a Fast Times at Ridgemont High standee with Phoebe Cates. Um, there's also a Breakfast Club poster um, in the front of the family video, which is that an anachronism? Wasn't fa- uh, Breakfast Club after? Didn't that come out after this year that took place? 1985? Surely they're, uh, surely yeah. not. They wouldn't be that amateurish. Um, Carry on while I Google it. Uh, the book that Susie is reading is the A Wizard of Earthsea, which wow. I recall that book, which apparently is, you know, very, you know, fantasy. Breakfast Club came out in 1985. Fuck you, Steve. Doubt the Duffers ever again. Doesn't this? I thought this took place in 84. No, 85. It's the whole Back to the Future thing. 84 was season two. Hmm. Wait, but what month did it come out? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me the month. After the hit, better be a summer blockbuster, or they're fucking done. Right. So this next one, full Fuck disclosure, John Hughes. Full disclosure, I was doing research for the final episode, and I was looking up egos for because we, you know, we usually you do cheated? like we did an egos we missed. So I was cataloging at egos we missed, and I was going to save this one for that episode, but I thought it was so awesome that I just wanted to share it with you guys because I fucking loved it. Uh, Lucas's t-shirt that he's wearing mm-hmm. is like almost exactly the same as the t-shirt that the uh, Japanese one. Yeah, is it a Karate Kid? It's the I kar- fucking caught it. Nice. It's a Karate Kid shirt, uh, and this is a funny. It's a really good character Easter egg too because if you remember in episode he had the headband, well in episode two, Max says that her celebrity crush is Ralph. Ma- 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 what's his name? Machio, the guy, yeah. the kid yeah. who plays Karate Kid. Oh shit, that's really good. Yeah, and I thought that was such a fucking genius Easter egg. Like it does. Or uh, Luke is like, I listen. I'm gonna wear the shirt that my girl likes. Damn. Damn. And then my last ego. And maybe this will springboard into a topic that I'm surprised we haven't talked about yet. The last uh, Easter egg I have is Peter Gabriel's Heroes. Oh, yeah. Playing at the end during uh, Hopper's note. That would more, be more of a recap discussion, though, right? Oh, Peter Gabe's. Like. The Peter Gabriel, the war we bring back Peter Gabriel would be like a season four well, we predictions did. discussion. Right? Oh, oh, okay. You know? All right. Yeah, see why well, I wanted to tie it in, but you, you were right though. It's already been an hour and a half, so you were, that was a good call. Well, on put Steve a pin in it, guys. Peter Gabriel okay. heroes. Listen to it and realize we're going to talk about it next episode. Pin in the Gabes. So that's that brings us goes. to our last segment, the chocolate pudding, where we enumerate our top three favorite episodes. Fuck. Favorite moments of this episode. I almost threw the microphone. <laughs> it looked like you were going to throw it at Andy. Right? <laughs> it's Andy's fault. Like, you burned a hole in Andy's face like it was his fault. Uh, anyway, my number three. Oh, I'm going to start with myself. Whoa. Favorite moment is Billy's redemption, where he grabs the tentacle and then gets stabbed a bunch of times. Um, and the whole, even with the whole Martha Wayne lead up. Um, I love that moment. I think Dacre does an insanely good job. And his, his angry yell is like black bloody teeth. Everything he does is just wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I buy every second of it. Super heartfelt. Very sad to see that character go. That's my number three. Steve, what's your number three? That's also my number three. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I, I would even add in the, the part where uh, the, the seven feet thing yeah. where you kind of see Daycare's face kind of. Yeah, I think he has another great single tear in that mm-hmm. moment as well. Nose. It almost drops on Millie's face, and I'm like terrified the whole time. <laughs> That's tension building right there. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Cut! 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 <laughs> cut! Cut! Look away! Look away! <laughs> be disgusted. So yeah, 
That's my number three. Andy, what's your number three? That's also my number three. Whoa! All the reasons you guys already said. Ooh, are we going to be unanimous? I think we are. There's no way that we don't have the same number one, probably. Right. Uh, Number two, 11 reading Hop's letter. That's my number two. Oh, we're Um, off. Okay, that was your number one. We're off. I can't. After I made that lack of hyperbole speech earlier, I couldn't do that. That's true. Um, So, yeah, this is my number two moment uh, for obvious reasons. I mean, Millie Bobby Brown is going to be... A huge star forever and ever. She's the next fucking Julia Roberts. You know what I mean? No so bad reference. Weird. It was an <laughs> Julia Roberts. <laughs> she was she's Oscar be the next she's pretty woman. Oscar bro. winning. I couldn't think of the. Is she? Who's the other the one that's won the most Oscars of all time? Kate Blanchett. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Not even meant at all. The old lady that's in Meryl Streep. Yes, Street. <laughs> she's the next Meryl Streep, and I just went Julia Roberts. That's Julia that's Roberts, feared hard left. She's gonna be the next Tara Reid. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> What's a? Anyway. I feel like Julia Roberts' brother is a brother Eric Roberts. Oh, yes. he's in so many. I feel movies, like dude. he will be in Stranger Things for actually. He probably should be. Yeah. If they can't get uh, what's his name, the fat guy that does martial arts instructions for cops. Steven Seagal. (laughs) (laughs) That was such a weird way to describe Steven Seagal. (laughs) That's what he does. He could have been like guy with ponytail snaps next. No. No, weird chubby guy. (laughs) Helps cops. Anyway, Steve, what's your number two? Uh, My number two is the never-ending story. Uh, I just love that. You know, we talked about it before. I, I I think you'll dive into this a little bit more when you get to your number one, Chris. But it was such a loving, awesome scene that really brought me back to my childhood. And I can't thank the Duffers enough for including that little bit of 80s nostalgia. Andy. Hell yeah. Um, my number two is uh, Hop Sacrifice. Um, the Just the chaos going on around him and the extreme, wonderful facial acting between um, him and Winona Ryder and... Um, just the implications of it, because I had thought leading into up until the point where she asked him on a date, which was the nail in the coffin for him. I thought that she was going to die um, down underground mm-hmm. when she's uh, hugging Will before everything. She's like, I'm going to be OK. I'm going to be OK. And then, and then there's that argument like, about her coming along at all mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought that she was uh, going to make the, the sacrifice. But uh that was a definite subversion of expectation for me. Um, and it, it was just a wonderful moment. Uh, it, I, it, I honor, honorable mention hops letter. is really good. But at the same time, like that, that didn't mean as much to me as the act itself. And it, the, the way that they portrayed it was fantastic. Excellent. My number here, one, here. um, obviously the singing of never ending story, the, the first rendition, um, wonderful break of tension I spoke at length <laughs> about tension. <laughs> Max and Lucas was a good runner up as Andy said but I'm, I'm talking about Dustin and Susie um, just the fact that Susie's real the reaction uh, mostly from Hopper because I can just distinctly remember how hard I laughed when it cut to him and his face back in that room waiting on the code um, because there's this wonderful suspension of time and you're wrapped in the fact that Susie is actually real. And then they should make sure to remind you of what's actually occurring while you're delving down this rabbit hole. Yeah, You can see the mind flare like stomping in the background. chasing <laughs> Steve yeah, Robbins. Yeah, so <laughs> fucking good. Um, forever. We'll love that moment. That's my number one. Steve, what is your number one? My number one is a, uh, a little little ditty that Hop wrote. Uh, <laughs> called uh, Jackie Wilson, three inches open. Uh, 
No, the hoppers note at the end. It it was just a beautiful moment that propels Stranger Things into new and interesting in a new and interesting direction. It had some of my favorite editing in the series thus far uh, with what they chose to show when while he's having his uh, monologue. The acting is on display from Millie Bobby Brown and like really everyone else in their own like little sequences is, is just great. And it really, you know, I've seen that scene several times now and I well up and cry every time. I mean, actually, when we were rewatching that scene right before we started recording, I was really like, don't look at it. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. I want to cry in front of my friends. Don't look at it. I don't want to cry in front of my friends. Uh, it's just it's beautiful. And I, and I just I just can't wait to see where they go from here absolutely andy it was the cat sitting next to you that was making you tear yeah, up bro. It's goddamn cat. Steve's allergic. <laughs> um so my uh my number one is easily the uh the duet in fact i was thinking this episode shouldn't have been called chapter eight the ballast star court it should have been chapter eight the duet like that that's how great that fucking scene was um I just noticed as Steve was uh, telling his heartfelt thing that I totally ignored. I was <laughs> looking on my phone, and uh, I decided to look up um, the actress that plays uh, Susie and look up a young Phoebe Cates. It's pretty fucking dead on, dude. Like, do you remember in oh, like, really? episode one where Dustin is saying she's like oh, Phoebe, yeah, she Cates, looks like Phoebe but Cates, but hotter? Yeah, she actually check this out. Like, it really does put glasses on that picture down there, and that's her. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Um, but yeah, it's just the, the timing of it was fucking perfect. Like when everything's coming to a fucking head just to have the fucking never ending story theme, theme song duet over the radio while fucking everything is going to shit. It, it was perfect. It was, I, I, I might, I'm not positive, but I might agree with Chris that it was the best moment in all of stranger things. It's definitely top three. Oh, wow. It's definitely a chocolate pudding it. of the show. Mm hmm. I love it. I'm so happy to hear you guys say that. This was a damn good finale. Like this yeah. season ramped up, had an, a definite upward trajectory, which is hard to do, difficult to do. And I won't even say that it started slow and be insulting, but it definitely had a severe upward trajectory that was crazy good. <laughs> uh, it's just tough when you don't see the gang together. You know, think about the catharsis of next season when we get the gang back together after a few slogging episodes without 11 with no powers and shit like that mm -hmm. um do you think no this is all damn it i almost asked questions that's all going to be next week's questions um do we have anything else to say about this the finale chapter eight the what battle of star court what a way to end it a bigger battle than fucking helms deep hell yeah deeper than helms oh and clapping us out and he's standing up he's giving a standing ovation and he's gone <laughs> and, and andy <laughs> He's gone. He just freeze framed like the end of Breakfast Club. <laughs> Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, can you edit that into the credits? Can that? Will that be yeah. our outgoing song? Yeah. No. Right. Do. Anyway, do it. Here we go. Uh, Three, two, two, one. <laughs> Fucking do it. Yeah, it's, it's work. Hey, it's fine. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to email streamingthingspod at gmail.com with whatever bullshit I told you to do, and you might win a $50 Amazon gift card. Essentially, if you just email us, you have a chance to win. <laughs> but you got to win. You got to be the best. Who's your chocolate pudding? That's what we really care about. Yeah, all that other stuff we said was good too. Uh, if you can find me on Twitter at C Michael Rudd, Andy at Inkwell Verbal, Inkwell Verbal, and Steve at Steve May thirteen. Don't be, how many people are tweeting Steve May twelve? Like great episode, man. <laughs> I feel sorry for that son of a bitch. <laughs> 
14 lagging behind you. He's like, oh man, who what streaming things? What the fuck is that? Dude, you fucked up. It wasn't Steve May 11. That's all uh, we've got time for this week. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this has been Streaming Things. Streaming Things. Holy shit. A two, a one, two, three, four. Turn around. Look at what you see in her face. The mirror of your dreams. Make believe I'm everywhere. Giving in the light. Is the answer to a never ending story. Ah, never ending story. Ah, reach the whole thing.